welcome to Tell Me Your Story. New paradigms for a new world. We're giving you choices and knowledge of those choices to help make your dreams come true. I'm Richard Dugan, your host, and thank you so much for joining us on the program. We have a very extraordinary uh, program for you today, a returning guest to our broadcast, uh, the author of the book Unveiled. That's right. The book is called Unveiled. We hope that you will get a copy of it. How will you do that? Well, we're going to give you the website in a moment. It's the autobiography of an awakened one. And this awakened one just happens to be joining us all the way from Costa Rica. Don James, thank you so much for being with us. This is really nice to have you back again. Uh, thank you for having me back, Richard. I'm excited, as always, to talk to you. First of all, uh, why Costa Rica? Well... I think it's in chapter seven. <laughs> uh, the short the short answer is when I was a little, little girl, I had this dream, this recurring dream. And in my dream, I was always standing at the bottom of this beautiful tree. And I was always looking up at the leaves and I'd never seen leaves like that before. And throughout my life, I kept having this little dream where everything is green. And I kept looking up at the leaves of this tree and Flash forward, I'm 50 something, we're on vacation. And I look up and I said to my husband, oh my God, that's the tree. Oh, <laughs> and he wow. says, what tree? I said, that's the tree in my dreams. And it turns out um, that tree was in Costa Rica. I took that as a sign. So, hey, why not? The tree is called the Guaramo, G-U-A-R-M-O tree. And who knew, but uh, it's native here and it definitely was in my vision for a long time. So, plus the weather's nice. That's the end of my story. <laughs> now, I, I myself, okay, uh, and we all have our own preferences. I myself would only visit, maybe would visit Costa Rica and Central South America uh, in the winter time. But the problem is that doesn't exist. The equator is pretty much the same year round. So I'm not sure how often I'd get there, but I'm glad that you have found a place and a space for yourself that, that calls to you, uh, that sings to you and so forth. And it seems to me uh, important that each of us find that place. Don't you think? Absolutely. You know, I always say our soul knows it's home. And when you get to that place, you're going to feel it. Yeah. You will feel it for sure. There are also those who feel that it doesn't matter where they are, even though, again, like for myself, I have my preferences. Phoenix is not one of them other than to visit my family, uh, my parents and sisters, and uh, when my brother's in town from California. Uh, but I don't want to live there anymore. It, it's, it gets too hot. I had 46 summers. It was 45 too many. <clears throat> and uh, so, but that's, again, that's me. Uh, but there are those who just feel like wherever they are on the planet, they're home because the planet is their home, not necessarily yes. a specific place. And uh, I know there are people who travel about. Uh, constantly. Yes. I mean, and it seems to be more and more people are doing that these days as well, whether it's because of the pandemic or because the pandemic opened those doors for them that they'd always wanted to open to see what was out there. And, for sure. Yeah. Did you ever have the, tra did you ever have the traveling bug like that? 
I had the traveling bug, but not for seeing the world. Um, When I first started, when I got onto the spiritual path of teaching, I had the travel bug to meet people and talk. I did, I actually did a lot of public speaking for almost nine years before I decided to write. Mm. So I was public speaking and traveling all over North America, but Once I started writing, the doors opened up and yes, I got invitations to different countries and I said yes. So it was a different time and I was I was out because I I needed to meet people and talk to people. But yeah, some of us just, you know, want to travel the world and just take in these new vibrations and scenes and senses and the different foods and cultures. It's I mean, this whole planet is a it's a learning library, don't Mm. you think? Well, absolutely. And that's one of the things we're going to talk about here on the program that I'm, I'm, I'm most interested in following up with you on. Uh, and it has to do uh, a bit with that in terms of the learning. Uh, and we're going to do that as we continue here on the program. But I really want to start out by talking about, uh, obviously, we're discussing this book, Unveiled. Uh, and of course, you're being the awakened one. Uh, and that's uh, a beautiful thing, but you wrote a dedication. You dedicated the book to your parents whose divine connection gave you life. Uh, they were your first spiritual teachers in their unique way, and uh, you're grateful that they taught you how to be resilient as well as to navigate the twists, turns, bumps in the road of uh, your two lives, and I would take it by that your two lives are the before and after awakening yes sir absolutely well Um, tell me tell me about your parents first tell me about that connection because i i feel the same way about mine yeah absolutely i um you know there's a saying we pick our parents and half half the people listening are going to go no way (laughs) the other half might feel we did pick our parents um I would say I was very fortunate to have two parents. And although they were different in many ways, they they shared some common traits. And one of those traits was this attitude of never giving up. Um, Come what may, we're going to get through it. And they taught me how to be resilient. They really taught me how to be adaptable and resilient to different environments. So growing up in Toronto, Canada, we lived in different neighborhoods. Um, I went to very multi, multicultural and diverse um, schools. So, I, I, I mean, my birthday party looked like the United Nations were meeting. Oh, <laughs> so wow. I had people from all cultures at my birthday parties. That was just a common thing. I made friends with everybody. Um, but my parents taught me that no matter what you're given, you're going to get through it because there's a saying, God doesn't give you anything you cannot handle. And mm. that was one of those, you know, mottos way in the back of my head growing up. So despite the physical adversities that I went through, um, you know, my parents were there in the beginning. Um, there was a period of time where my parents weren't together. Yet they both assisted me in their own way when I started to wake up. And I remember my father One of the first people I spoke to when I I had my awakening and I said, oh, my God, I didn't know I could exist outside of this body, you know, and one of the first people I called was my father. 
And I was in my late thirties and I said, dad, you wouldn't believe what happened. He goes, hold on. It's okay. You're connected to source. You're going to be fine. That was, that was the, I said, excuse me. And I'm like, Oh my God, he goes, you're connected to source. You're going to be fine. <laughs> and then I said, how soon can you get to Canada? And he came up and he stayed with me for months. He brought books and information and I didn't realize how amazingly well-read my father was until I woke up. He, I don't think there's a topic he can't talk about. So that was a huge, huge support for me. And then of course my mother was also gifted and I didn't know my mother was a gifted healer until I suffered a very big trauma and she came and helped me. I had no idea. You know, there's so many things that are not spoken Mm -hmm. growing up. And as little children, you don't really understand certain things and topics but I learned a lot from both of them so I'm very grateful that they each came with their own gifts and knowledge and it helped me immensely and and I don't think if I had had parents that supported me or or gave me the belief that I can get through it I think I wouldn't have been here today honestly you know, and it's interesting the way you put that in terms of uh, um, we choose our parents. I look at my parents, and my father and mother are still alive to this day. And I say that because my father is 90 years old this year and wow. doing great, doing strong. He jumps up on his exercise every day for 30 minutes and goes as far as he's going to go. And uh, my mother, she goes out to the... I think she goes to a, a local uh, fitness center doing yoga and so forth and doing all of that. She's been doing that as long as I can remember. Even as a kid, she would watch, for example, she would watch uh, Jack LaLanne, you know, on yeah. TV and do exercises with him and Hatha Yoga on PBS. So, yes. you know, it's, it's a great stuff uh, to have the parents around. And I've had some of the most incredible um, spiritual and I'll say esoteric conversations because of some of the books I've read. My mother yes. actually introduced me to a book about chakras called Joy's Way, uh, where it said, uh, yeah, there are seven main chakras going up and down the spine, but there are a whole bunch of others at the joints and, and, and all a bunch of other places. It was amazing sure. to find this out. My yeah. father, on the other hand, his spirituality, his inner life, hey, he has kept that private. And I respect that. I, I don't have any judgment in that regard. That is, that's my father. That's, that's what he's choosing. Yeah. Uh, so I, I just let that be and, and uh, uh, just enjoy the times that he, have I, he and I have ch- had uh, the opportunities to share. Um, I've helped him on the computer with uh, audio editing and uh, Photoshop. And things like that. He loves, uh, I don't know if he's still doing that or not, but in the, over the last 20 years anyway, uh, or since he started, since he retired, um, you know, he's, he's enjoyed doing that kind of stuff. So they're more like friends than anything else. And I would take it that that's the relationship that you probably have with your parents too. Yeah. Well, my, you know, my dad is still alive and he's, he's, uh, he's late, 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 late 80s now. Um, my mother has passed, but, you know, there's a presence around me Mm. and it's always a very loving vibration when she's near. So, 
yeah, I don't really feel like I've lost her. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. And my dad, oh yeah, gosh, my dad and I talk a couple times a week and yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun and we exchange, you know, books and we're still chit chatting about a whole range of topics. You know, he, he, he actually, my dad started doing yoga when I was five. So that was a couple hundred years ago. <laughs> <laughs> And listen, when I, w- I remember I was five or six years old and I'd see him in the living room and he'd be upside, his feet would be up on the wall and he'd be upside down. And I, I used to go, daddy, what, what are you doing? And I see his feet up in the air and he goes, I'm feeding my brain. <laughs> you know, and then he, when I got old, he started talking to me about thyroid and circulation and all this stuff. But, you know, when you're five and six, you don't really, really pay attention to what your parents are saying. So it's only as I've gotten older and I start, I myself started doing yoga in my 30s and loved it, uh, Bikram and all that. It's now I'm realizing, oh, that's what he was doing upside down. But, you know, when he, he goes, I'm feeding my brain. So, I love so yeah, he, yeah, he's been doing yoga forever. He can still outbend me. I'm pretty sure he's that flexible. And I, I agree with you there, Richard. I think it's important. Like we're in this body for a reason. It's a vehicle, but it's also a tool. Yeah. We have to move it. It needs rest. It needs hydration. It needs nutrition. It needs movement. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're designed to move. Yeah. <laughs> we're designed to move in a whole range of different ways. So we do have to be mindful. So hats off to your parents for keeping the physical body going that's great and they've also uh from a very early my very early age uh and my brother and sisters uh my mother was very uh very adamant about uh, feeding us as well as she could Um, back then organic didn't exist because it was just the way they grew stuff Uh, And uh, she would make her own yogurt and she would make a lot of different things like this and make good things for us to eat. She even made her own granola, which, you know, which is really cool. Uh, She'd stick a big old cookie sheet into the oven with all of the stuff on there to cook it, to roast it or what have you. And then, you know, so she did her very best uh, to to teach us that we needed to take care of our health. Uh, we are talking with Don James, author of Unveiled, and it's the autobiography of An Awakened One, and you, this is Tell Me Your Story. I'm Richard Dugan, your host here on the program, along with Don James, and we're talking about, uh, uh, we're going to be talking about a lot of different things associated with, maybe even not associated with, uh, her autobiography called Unveiled. Um, one of the other things I wanted to ask you about in reference to some of the other works as we move through uh, this program, other books and audiobooks uh, that you have out, uh, and most of them are dealing with vibration. Raise your vibration, transform your life. Uh, how to raise the vibration around you. Raise the vibration between us. Raise the vibration between us audiobook. And then there's Why Are We Here, which is also an audiobook. All of these available at donjames.ca. That's D-A-W-N-J-A-M-E-S dot C-A. And uh, you can find these books at her website. And one of the things that I'm interested in uh, that I'm curious about is this particular book called why are we here? That's one of those profound, 
eternal questions that man has been asking uh, as ever since uh, as since we've been here. Yeah. And yeah. I, I find that, that uh, having a book, in this case, an audio book, and by the way, uh, I would take it these audio books would be available maybe through Audible, which is an Amazon uh, yeah. company. The Why Are We Here is, is distributed through um, a number of places, Kobo, Amazon, Audible, Great. you name it. Um, at the time I wrote that, at the time I recorded that, I actually wrote it out first and I said I wanted to do it as an audiobook because in the process of waking up, I was asking myself this question in um, 2002. So the later half of 2002, I started pulling away from my life, if you will. I started withdrawing from my job. I started withdrawing from food. And I started to ask myself, why am I here? Is this all I'm going to do for the next 30 umpteen years? I thought, oh, my gosh, it can't be. It couldn't be. Something isn't right. And for those of you listening, you might get to that point where you sort of done the things you set out to do. But then you're looking ahead going, wow, there's a lot of time ahead of me. What am I here to do? And at some point for me, the value of career and achievement lost its shiny shiny glow i couldn't care less to be honest with you and that's when i realized something was shifting right the things that you thought you needed you wanted you had to have no longer had that that grip so why are we here was the question i asked myself now I reflected back on my awakening and at the time I recorded, I have a journal, I think I shared it with you last time and it's somewhere on my desk. I have a journal called a spirit journal and I started writing a lot of questions in that book when I woke up in 2003. I, I recorded Why Are We Here? Because when I looked back at some of the big lessons I got, that's what that audio is about. Four major lessons. There were a lot of lessons, but the four that really stood out for me, I shared. One of those lessons is when you think you don't have any options, when you feel you're backed up against the wall, there's nothing you can do. You can't move. The number one lesson I learned was you always have a choice. You always have a choice, always, even when you think you don't, you do. And people go, how could you say that? I remember uh, Don Miguel Ruiz wrote in the four agreements. I'll never forget this. One of the four agreements, never take anything personally. And he talks about a man in front of an ATM machine and somebody comes up and holds a gun against their head and says, you know, take out the money out of your bank account. Now you could panic, you could freak out, you could get angry. And he says, don't take it personally, right? You have a, in that moment, yes, your life is being threatened. You have a choice. You can either be anxious, you know, totally panicking. Um, you might do something silly. You might think you're, you know, one of the Avengers and try and take the gun from his hand and all that or you could, you could kind of compose yourself and remain calm and say, you know what? The objective is to get out of this alive. So let me just do what I got to do and hope to God he doesn't pull the trigger. 
you always have a choice, even in a moment when you think you don't, because you can choose how you're going to react, respond, how you're going to feel every moment of the day. We're given choices at least 10,000 times a day. We're not always conscious, but we're always making choices. Would you agree with that? Oh, I lost you there, Richard. It's one of the slogans that we have here on this program. We are giving you choices and knowledge of those choices to help make your dreams come true. And I say this all the time, uh, and I'm going to be quoting you now. We always have choices. And I will actually, uh, I usually use the analogy, uh, if you will. It's actually, it's a real life analogy mm. of the convict, because that's what he was. The convict, Nelson Mandela, he made a choice. He was sentenced to 25 years and he chose, he could have chosen to continue on his rampage of violence and so forth, of aggression, but he's, he chose to go the other way. And lo and behold, the man becomes the president of South Africa. Now, to me, there's a man who knew that he had a choice. I mean, he had at least, at least minimum of two choices. Okay? Continue down the road he was going. We knew where that got me. Okay, so what else can I choose? And he chose to go a different direction. And it doesn't matter where you are. It doesn't matter your circumstance, as you were just saying. We always have choices, as we here on Tell Me Your Story have choices on the guests we have on our program. And we have chosen today to have Don James, author of Unveiled, an autobiography of An Awakened One. And we are going to continue our conversation with her here on the program that we like to uh, preface by saying new paradigms for a new world. We are giving you choices and knowledge of those choices to help make your dreams come true. And Don James is helping us to do just that. Give us new choices. One of the other things I wanted to touch on as we continue going through the work uh, called Unveiled is that people can actually get in touch with you, not only <clears throat> through your website, um, you actually have a couple here that you've got listed uh, in your book, at the back of the book, having to do with uh, uh, joining you for high vibration experiences at soulfulhealingretreats.com. Now, that's a C-O-M, uh, soulfulhealingretreats.com. We want to talk a little bit about that, but you also have your website, which is donjames.ca and that has to do with uh, the products and services as well as resources that you make available and uh, we also um, uh, could give out uh, uh, a publishing outlet if you will called publishandpromote.ca which is something uh, that you share with people uh, who are ready to share their story you can uh, and you can help them and Absolutely. show them and show them how they can publish right Absolutely. You know, Richard, some, some people say to me, Don, what do you do exactly? And, you know, my answer, <laughs> listen, my, my answer, I have a really simple answer. Yeah. I came back to life to teach. The other thing that was gifted to me in 03 
I had a lot of physical changes I went through in 2003 when I woke up. So essentially, you know, in this 3D plane, we're operating, we're pretty dense. But when you, when you leave your body, when, you have, when your heart stops beating, when you cross over, when you realize you have a spiritual essence, your vibratory rate goes up exponentially. And you're no longer just thinking about the things that you can see and touch and feel. You are feeling subtle energies of your bodies, which I'll talk about in a moment. You're also feeling subtle energies around you. Um, I have a very intimate relationship with the sun to this day. I feel the sun. I could stay up until 3 a.m. and I will get up at 5.15 when the sun comes up. It's just how my body responds to certain energies. So when people say, Don, what do you do? Well, I teach and I hold space for others to heal. And so one of the gifts that I explored coming back was the healing arts. I studied Reiki. I, I started looking into pranic healing, but I've always been a music girl. I love music. As you know, I've been playing piano forever since I saw Liberace on TV in 1969. I'm going to date myself, Richard. <laughs> I'm, dating, I'm right behind you. I told you I'm right behind you. <laughs> and so one of the one of the physical changes that I experienced was some of my senses got very heightened. Uh, one of them was my hearing. So when I play certain instruments in a room with people, I'm actually listening to the people in the room. It's like a nonverbal communication. It's quite amazing. And this mainly comes from the quartz crystal singing bowls. It's kind of like a translator between you and me. I can't even explain it. I stopped trying to explain it, but I hear much deeper when I'm playing that instrument in a group and I do sound healing. So that's it. I, I teach and I hold space for people. And I, I honestly believe we, we each have a unique story. Nobody's walked in your shoes. Your siblings haven't walked in your shoes. Your parents don't know your journey. Only you have walked in your shoes. And so for the people who have a burning desire or a need or a calling to share their story to help others, I'm very much willing to help them get there. And that's what publishing promotes all about. I just, I love helping people move along. I think we all have work to do on this planet. And I think as we, we see each other, not as physical beings, not as the titles that we wear, we see a soul on a mission, on a calling. We see a soul with a purpose. We see even young people that have such a drive, right? I just watched the, the We Rise Up Summit. There was a 21-year-old Indigenous young man who just blew me away. At 21, he's been an Earth Guardian for almost 11 years. And the, the amazing things he's doing on this planet for climate change, I mean, it just gives me so much hope. So, you know, as we meet people and we travel and I connect, when I see someone who has a beautiful story, I help them move along. And that's we're all here to help each other at the end of the day. Absolutely. And a beautiful analogy was shared with me that we're all climbing the, this ladder. And yeah. we have one hand up. Someone above us is helping us up that ladder. And we have one hand down, helping someone up from behind. And yeah, I feel that every day, Richard. I feel it every day. 
We're talking Thank with Don you. James. I'm talking with Don James. Uh, The title of the book is Unveiled, and it is the autobiography of an awakened one. And um, you have been awake for, shall we say, almost 20 years, 18 years, as of this conversation anyway, uh, in 2003. Um, One other area that I want to touch on as we continue here in the program is uh, the foreword in your book by Michael Moon, and we will talk about that as we continue here on Tell Me Your Story. We're giving you new paradigms for a new world, and we're looking for those new ways of living, and I think Dawn may have found a few of those, as she reveals in her book and in the work that she does, especially when it comes to vibration. And, of course, we've done all kinds of programs on music and toning and vibration and humming and 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 all of those different things that uh, uh, that create sound, and we'll talk about that as well. But your foreword is written by an astrologer, a composer, among other things, a, a, a Michael Moon. Introduce us to him, and why was he significant in uh, uh, this foreword? Michael Moon, I met Michael Moon through our, I guess, our, our joint love of being sound musicians. And uh, we happened to, to uh, you know, be at the same wellness events, doing different things, um, some national wellness events. And my background, way back when, I loved math, I loved music, I loved architecture. So I studied a lot of these topics. Unbeknownst to me, Michael and I had a lot of parallels. Um, When I was looking for an answer, Richard, into why I woke up when I did, why I came back when I did, I reached out to Michael Moon and he, and I do talk about him in I think chapter six, he did an astrological chart for me. And I said to him when we met, I said, I've got two birthdays and I'd like you to do a chart for each of my birthdays. I have my original birthday. Uh And I've got my wake-up date. And Michael did the two charts for me. And I went to his office and I met him. And I explained in Chapter 6 what we saw looking at those two charts. And it was the first time I had gotten what I call empirical evidence that nothing is random in this universe. Even the time that I woke up was already predestined. And there was almost a mirror effect Uh, I call it the butterfly effect Mm -hmm. between the houses that were dominant at my birth and the houses that were dominant when I woke up. It was almost like a complete mirror image. And so when Michael revealed that to me, that was the first empirical evidence I had that, okay, this wasn't just a random fluky thing that just happened because let's face it, I think I told you, When I first met you, I was not a meditator. I wasn't doing breathing techniques. I, up to this day, I haven't smoked anything. (laughs) So I'm like, how are these experiences happening to little old me who, you know, studied math and music and architecture? Unbeknownst to me, Michael also had some physical challenges as a child. And he also studied math and architecture. And of course, we're both sound healers. We kept in touch over the years. Um, I respect his work. He's an amazing artist. And when the time came to finish this story, I reached out to him because he was such a significant part in me understanding 
how divine the timing was for me to wake up because what had occurred in terms of my my astrological timeline is was it was a it was a part of completing something there was a completion that happened to me in 2003 so instead of being 50% i got the other 50 so there was a completion and so he explained that to me and that's when i realized we're really not complete until we know our spiritual self right, right. just to live in a physical shell and i talk about this in chapter 1 to only know your physical self is like 10% of who you are we need to learn all of it not just the physical um so michael has been a huge part of my jigsaw puzzle in understanding why i woke up when i did what came about when i woke up and what what my calling is on this new path and uh, that's why i was so excited when he agreed to write the forward of the book and he does talk about You know, life is a series of twists and turns, ups and downs. But it's not even about what happens to us. It's understanding the steps you take in the journey. It's more important understanding your steps and why you chose. You know, it comes back to choice, Richard. The choices you make create the path, but the destination is virtually the same. It's just that there's so many paths to get there. Some are smooth. Some are rough. it depends on our choices so he was a huge huge piece of my jigsaw puzzle when i woke up now there are different uh, types of astrology his i take it was is western astrology it's a bit of a blend he has a unique approach to reading charts he actually doesn't he he, he kind of he, he looks at the charts and he just starts a conversation so he's not sitting there calculating He's actually interpreting all the relationships and the movements of the planets in the whole houses and he's able to just talk to you. It's a very organic approach he has, but it is it's quite astounding. And he says he can, you know, just looking at a chart and never meeting someone, he can basically describe their life. Wow. To that point and I'm I'm just very very thankful our paths crossed and like I said everything in divine order. Um He understood my journey. He understood why I came back. We've chuckled because I tend to look ahead a little too much. And uh, when the book launched, he said to me, "You just got to stay in the present. Stop looking ahead." Because he says nothing is in stone as yet. Um, I do have a bit of a um, based on the cycles of time i understand that i have at least one more exit point so i'm very mindful of my next exit point um and so michael and i chuckle and he goes don't look that far ahead just enjoy the journey <laughs> stay in the present don't worry about that year so and that year's coming up for me so yeah we're just you know it's a little inside joke but i really really try my best to stay present and that's really important because being present is where the magic is right yeah Well, I know that yeah. that with my uh, Vedic astrologer um, David Hawthorne, who is uh, uh, practices the Eastern uh, Vedic astrology, uh, which yeah. is uh, a little uh, focused a little differently, but still provides the same kind of information. And you kind of alluded to to it in in a manner of speaking. Uh, and I d- I described it early on in our relationship, his and mine, uh, more than twenty years ago. 
It's like you're laying out a map. You're laying out a roadmap of conditions that you may come upon as you continue moving forward in your life. And, for example, um, during this period of time and that period of time, you may come across a rainstorm. Now, you can choose to uh, get rain gear, an umbrella, et cetera, et cetera, or, or not. It's entirely up to you as to how protected you are. And, uh, uh, and, and then you'll pass on through it and you'll move on to the next change and so forth and so on. And I've often found that very fascinating uh, as, as he and I have chatted about this whole concept of astrology. And I know that in the 80s, when I used to listen to talk radio in Phoenix <clears throat> and they would have uh, astrologers on, Yes. Or seers or what have you. They usually would say the same kind of thing that Michael said to you that, you know, nothing is in stone yet. You know, that everything is right now. It's fluid. Now, at this moment, this is what we see. But yeah. in the next moment, because everything is moving and changing, that that's going to change. Absolutely. And Absolutely. I find I find that uh, a, a very interesting uh, a concept that I've been kind of. I suppose you could say harping on on this program that we need to embrace and love and make our friend change. Um, there's a beautiful line. I've quoted this many times on this program uh, from uh, John Denver, who um, <clears throat> in one of his songs talks about how he says, changes somehow frighten me. Still, I have to smile. It turns me on to think of growing old. And I remember listening to that song back in the 70s. I was yeah. in my teens and thinking the same thing, thinking, yeah, it'll be kind of cool, you know. Now, I'd say for the most part, yeah, it has been cool. But then there have been those moments <laughs> when I wish <laughs> I had protected myself a little more and, right. and so on and so forth. Uh, but... Change. Let's talk a little bit about that as we continue talking with uh, with you. Don James, our guest, author of Unveiled, here on Tell Me Your Story. We're going to talk more here about change with Don James, and uh, we can go to, you can go to donjames.ca. That's uh, for Costa Rica, and we certainly hope that you will. We will, by the way, Don, we will be linked to your website. So share with Thank us you. from your perspective about change. Mm. Change. Well, you know, the, the only thing that is certain in life is change, right? Now, there was a second lesson I had in Why Are We Here? And I think it really ties into this question. One of the lessons I learned in Why Are We Here? One of the lessons I share in that audiobook is, you know, this biblical statement, be still and know. Be still and know. I think it goes, be still and know that I am God and what have you. But be still and know, I'm, I'm claiming that little piece for right now. Mm -hmm. There are times, again, that we are presented with choices and changes and everything's always in motion. We have a tendency to rush. We rush to an answer. We rush to a conclusion. We rush to an, an action. And I'm... What I've come to learn in this little journey is sometimes you need to be still, <laughs> feel things out before you make a choice. There's nothing wrong with pausing. And, you know, I'm coining the phrase 2020 was the year of the divine pause. A lot of us had to pause. 
When it comes to change, I think number one, you have to be mindful of what is driving you to your choices. I have witnessed people who have made choices out of fear. I can even bring it to present day. There's a lot of people feeling like, if I don't do this, I'm going to lose my job, right? Change is coming and I'm feeling pressured. We have to be mindful of why we are going with whatever we are going with. Um, one of my beliefs is I don't do anything out of fear. I'm not going to move in this direction because I'm afraid of going in this direction. We have to feel confident in our choices. The other thing about change is there are times we have to change in order to adapt to what's coming. And in order to make a smooth transition to that change, yes, it does mean maybe dropping some old habits, adopting some new habits. It takes self-discipline. It takes willpower. Um, when you start resisting change, this is when you start dropping your frequency and you start getting into what I call emotional turmoil. You start getting into chaos in life. There's a tug and a pull and a push. So there are times things are presented to you. If it's not for you, check in with your brain, check in with your heart, check in with your gut. If it's not for you, go the other way. There are times when you're presented with things, feel how it feels to you. If something feels off, it's probably not for you. Really listen to all of your bodies, your mental body, your emotional body, your spiritual body. Listen, that, that is, the, these are the senses we have that help us navigate this crazy space we're in. Um, change is inevitable, but it doesn't have to be painful. It doesn't have to feel like a force. We just need to be able to discern how do we want to participate in this. And if it really isn't for us, you need to walk away. Mm. You really need to walk away. Um, I've had to walk away from things that I did not want to get involved with or I didn't want to continue on a path with. I just walked away. Um, so pay attention. And I guess the other part of change is be truthful to yourself. Really be truthful with yourself about how you want to participate in whatever it is is being presented to you. Really be truthful with yourself and ask yourself, is this going to hurt me, harm me, benefit me? Will it help me grow? We have to ask ourselves some discerning questions because I honestly believe we have all the answers. And that's one of the first messages I got when I came back to life. All you need is within you. Ask yourself, check in with your feelings and make sure you're going down this path for the right reasons. And it's definitely resonating with you. So, I mean, for me, that's how I navigate change. Let me tell you something. Two crazy kids in their 50s had a backpack each and flew to Costa Rica and they didn't even have a hotel booked or a car rented. That was me and my husband. <laughs> Two yep. crazy 50-year-old something. And we got to the airport and I said, well, we're here. I think we need a car. <laughs> we jumped in a cab, went to the first car rental place we saw, booked the car. And I said, why don't we go that way? Okay. 
off we went. We had no, we had nothing booked. And you know, that was one of the best vacations we ever took because it was totally spontaneous. We allowed things to unfold and it wasn't about being irresponsible. We knew where we wanted to be. Mm-hmm. We had a week to explore, but we weren't so rigid. And what came about was some amazing people we met and amazing places we went to. Um, life is about being flexible and sometimes you need to be still and allow things to happen. Cause guess what? The universe always has your back. Okay. That's my second one. The universe always has your back. Friends and family may not understand what you're doing. What they go, Richard, why are you doing that show? <laughs> Richard, why are you doing, why are you on the stage with karaoke? You know, you can't sing, you're tone deaf. You know, people can, talk. they don't get you. you know, I love music. They don't understand. But the universe always has your back. Yeah. So having that knowing and that trust and that confidence helps us navigate this crazy thing called life, I think. That's been my journey. Let me tell you, I remember practicing for a piano recital. I was going to be 10 and I was practicing for my second recital. And my first recital was very memorable because I couldn't see a thing when I sat down to play. And I was getting ready for my second recital. And the day of the recital, call it nervousness, anxiety, whatever, before I even finished leaving the house, my vision started closing in on me. And my mother ran to the kitchen. She got me a cold glass of water because I was, I would always feel really, really hot before I lost my sight. And I'm sitting on the bed and she handed me this glass of water and I'm drinking this glass of water to cool down. And my mother says to me, I'm going to be 10. What would you like to do? 10. Mm. And I thought, I've been practicing this piece for weeks and weeks and weeks and probably months. And I said, I still want to go to the recital. Couldn't see a darn thing. She gave me her arm and we walked down the street, got on the little public bus. And she took me to that building, got me where I needed to be. And I did my recital. Imagine a parent saying to you at 10, what would you like to do? I could have said, oh, my God, I can't go anywhere. This is I'm going to fail. I'm going to flop. I'm going to this. I could have said all of these things. I could have stayed at home and moped for another couple of months. Mm. But I said, my God, I've been practicing this for weeks and weeks. I'm ready. Let's do it. I'm going. Come what may. And so. I trusted the universe had my back. I also knew in my heart and soul, I could play that piece, whether I could see the keys or not, because that's how I practice. I practice, I practice, I practice. So yeah, I think for me, change, you have to embrace change, but you also have to be ready to make some adjustments in your life when things change. And I think that's really what I'm trying to say. You don't want to be feeling like you're forced to do anything or you're putting up a lot of resistance. Really get crystal clear on how you need to adjust yourself to the change. Because if you can't adjust yourself, you're going to have a very bumpy ride in life, right? Yeah. We, we can't control the weather. We can't control it. There's so many things we can't control. But you know what, Richard? We always have a choice. 
over our emotions, how we respond to change. And that's what I keep in the forefront of my mind. How do you want to respond to this situation? You know, you've led us to um, a spot where uh, I need to remind our listeners about, and that has to do with uh, asking them to participate in something we've been promoting since September of 2019. Now, initially, it was focused on a specific year, 2020, the year of perfect vision. And as we got close to the end of that, I have, I'm going, what am I going to do now? I mean, the year's over. Well, we're in the decade of perfect vision, the 2020s, and encouraging people to go within, to trust and listen to that still small voice. Talk to us about that aspect of our inner lives and its, its importance especially when dealing with this issue, this concept, if you will, called change. Yeah, thank you for that. Um, I feel, first thing I'm going to say is I feel last year was a huge opportunity for everyone, no matter where you are sitting, to pause and start reflecting on your life, reflecting on your choices, reflecting on your relationships, reflecting on your lifestyle. I think last year was a huge opportunity and it's still continuing. Millions and millions of people. I think you've heard about the the great resignation. Have you heard that phrase? I have not. Oh, okay. So because we've gone from a in-person state of business to a virtual state of business, it has now opened up the globe for people to live and work anywhere because we're so virtual. Mm -hmm. And in addition to that, it's opened up many doorways for people to explore other ways of making a living. So it's been the last 18 months has been called the great resignation. Millions of people have left the workforce and they're not going back millions. In Canada, they had 2 million women have left the workforce. They're not going back. That's just one snippet. Mm -hmm. But around the globe, everyone's sort of going, wait a minute. (laughs) If I don't need to get on a train and a bus and go over here and spend 10 hours a day and then commute back home, and they're all exploring different things. However, in order to make a shift, we have to start connecting to our inner world. One of the things I talked about on a, on a, on a few um, podcasts I did last year was we have an outer world mm-hmm. and we have an inner world. Mm-hmm. The outer world is like walking on quicksand right now. We're not feeling safe, comfortable, confident. It's chaotic. It's tension. There's so many ripples of division on so many topics. This is where we need to tune in our inner world because As we said earlier, in order to make a choice, you have to be clear on what's important to you, what's meaningful to you, how is it going to shift you. If you don't have a connection to your inner world, how do you make a conscious choice? How do you weigh the pros and cons of anything? Our inner world is where we have to start healing ourselves. It's not out here. You can sit on a couch and talk to a therapist, no disrespect, 
You can sit on a couch for a couple of decades and keep reliving your daddy issue and your mommy issue and your partner issue till the cows come home. The turning point is always in here. Can you release? Can you detach? Can you forgive? Can you forgive yourself for making mistakes? All of these things is an inner job. And so your inner world is the part that needs reconnecting right now. We have so many distractions, Richard. This generation, the under 30 crowd, has more mental distractions today than any other generation. You know, I remember when we had the phone plugged into the wall. Now we've got like 18 different social media platforms and... (laughs) Listen, I, did I tell you the story? I was driving in my car the other day and I heard ding, 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 this funny noise. I didn't know if it was my phone, my app, my WhatsApp, my, my Facebook. I didn't know what the frick was ringing. By the time I'm like trying to figure it out, it stopped ringing. I said, thank God the phone stopped ringing. I couldn't tell who was trying to reach me. <laughs> There's too many choices. Yeah. So the inner world is where we need to cultivate our identity This is where we need to release emotional pain, trauma. This is where we need to get mental clarity is in here. And most of all, and maybe not most of all, but another aspect of the magic of our inner world is to cultivate what I call joy. I believe joy comes from our soul. Mm. If we cannot find joy, in the day, in the week, in the month, our soul is crying out, please (laughs) Mm -hmm. lighten up. We have to cultivate joy. It's an inside job. So in the whole scheme of change, when you look at our role in change, although some change is external, the biggest impact we can make in our lives is to understand our inner world understand what makes ourselves tick, understand our gifts, our abilities, find your way in the world by going through that inventory first and then stepping out. Because when you know who you are and you know what you are and you know what you're bringing to the world, it's much easier to find your happy space, right? Instead of I'm born, I get on the yellow bus, I go to school, and in 16 years, I'm supposed to figure out what I'm going to do for the next 50 years, and I'm miserable after 10 years. <laughs> Listen, I know a lot of people who spent hundreds of thousands of dollars to become a lawyer, and they were a lawyer for a day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> They were a lawyer for three years. I know people who spent tons of money to become teachers and they got disenchanted within their first five years and they left the profession. And my question is, what drove you to that in the first place? Nine times out of 10, the people who left those professions were either doing it to please the family, they did it because it was expected, they weren't doing it because they had a burning heart desire to do it. And that's what I'm saying, don't let your outer world dictate your path, you need to get in here and get this GPS working. Because when this GPS is working, no matter what you do, you're going to be fine. Because this is the guiding force behind us. And that's just been my journey. Mm -hmm. The minute I disconnected from this, (laughs) this is what's getting me where I need to go. 
because your heart is light, your soul is light. I hope I'm not too rambling too on and on, but I just want to say this is the magic. This is the soil you need to fertilize right in here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, and, uh, you know, one of the things that you've touched upon um, in terms of change, in terms of listening to that still small voice uh, is, and I have to say that this is what came to my mind. Now, when I do these programs, the universe is asking the questions. I'm just along for the ride, okay? And so I get these ideas in my head. And one of them is, okay, I have a choice. Uh, I have this, I'll, I'll just say this situation. Staying in the situation, whatever it is, feels like sandpaper. And as mentally challenging and uh, unnerving as the other choice is of leaving that situation, it doesn't feel like sandpaper. It actually feels like freedom. It actually feels like I can breathe. I mean, I mean, I can really, I can just breathe freely without any concerns. And that's kind of what came to me as you were talking about all of this uh, in terms of the still small voice, in terms of change, and quite honestly, in terms of, though your experience is going to be different than mine, waking up, awakening to the realities of who I am and what I am. And when I use those terms, I speak in a more pluralistic sense of the people that are listening to the program. Yes. Yeah. But we're all going through that. And, uh, you know, it would be sort of the equivalent, Don, of one day you wake up Mm. and your relationship feels like sandpaper today. Mm. And it won't go away. Ouch. And now you have to decide, what am I going to do? Do I stay uh, and get roughed up? You know? Uh, mm-hmm. And again, we're not talking about externally roughed up. We're no. talking about internally. Mentally. No, I get it. I get it. Trust me. I mean, I, I you know, some, some of the holistic people I know, they're doing wonderful things and, you know, helping others. And yet their partner, I'm going to give an example. I've heard many people say, oh my God, my partner doesn't get it. They don't support me. They're low vibration, you know, and how do you, how do you keep going? That's the set. That's one example of sandpaper. Right. And, you know, for me, uh, when I woke up, it was very, very, very challenging for my partner because he's a meat and potatoes 3d guy. (laughs) And here I'm like, Angels came to my bed and I'm like, you know, I'm telling him all these stories. I'm like, what, what, what? So when it's feeling like sandpaper, yet <laughs> you're not sure you're ready to head the other way. Um, some of the things that have worked for me in those types of situations is I ask myself if on some level I agreed to this, if on some level, I agreed to be in this space, in this moment, Mm -hmm. what, and I asked my higher self, what is the lesson in this? 
where is the blessing in this? I always ask those two questions. What is the lesson I'm supposed to learn? And what is the blessing in this interaction or relationship? And if you're lucky enough to be in a situation where you can have an open, honest discussion with the other party, find the courage to have it. It would be, and trust me, I know this for my whole life, when I held back my words and I didn't speak my truth, or I didn't want to say something that I should have said because I was afraid of how other people would respond, those words turned on me. And I had all sorts of physical issues, which I shared in the book about um, losing my voice, laryngitis, not being able to even swallow. Like it was so the energy of holding turns on you. And so if you're fortunate enough to find the courage to have that open discussion with whoever, Mm -hmm. do it no matter what. It is better to express than to hold back. Because when you hold back, you're creating dissonance in your body and you're going to have resentment. So the first two questions I ask when I'm in a difficult situation, what is the lesson? And help me see the blessing in this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I ask for help. You know, I've been in some crazy situations where, oh my God, so many. Um, I had a situation where... I mean, my parents gave me a choice to make. I had 24 hours to answer a question when they split up. And it was, who do you want to live with, me or her? (laughs) And I had to, oh, yeah, it was like a business transaction. I'm like, oh, my God, you know, a little 12-year-old kid having to make these major choices. If you can't have an open, honest communication with that person who's in your life, um, you're going to have a hard time. Um, but always start with the lesson and the blessing. What is the lesson in this? And please show me the blessing in this. Even when we have difficult bosses, difficult partners, difficult children, difficult parents, ask yourself, what is the lesson in this? I have had to learn a lot about tolerance and patience with my children. They've taught me so much about those two topics. So Sometimes we need these challenges in order to help us grow. Quick thing, it's an analogy, but I think you're going to enjoy this, Richard. A friend of mine told me once a long time ago, and I never forgot it. She says, if you put a plant in a pot, if you water that plant every day, it's going to have very thin, weak roots. If you water that plant once a week or once every two weeks, the roots get stronger. The analogy is life cannot be smooth sailing (laughs) Mm. because if life was smooth, if we kept getting watered every day, guess what? We would never have that opportunity to stretch and grow. The reason why the roots are so deep and thick is because it has had to go without water and it's had to stretch and grow to find nutrients. It had to stretch and grow to support itself. It has to stretch and grow to survive. And so I always say we're perfect beings in an imperfect world. It's the imperfections of this world that shape us and allow us to get deeper roots. We find ways to cultivate strength, I think, 
I think that's why we have challenges in life. We, if we sail through this place with no challenges, just Richard, how dull would that be? Think about it. That is true. That is If you married the true. perfect girl and you lived happily ever after for 65 years, I mean, okay, that, that's nice, but... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? And yet that's where a lot of our nursery rhymes, or not nursery rhymes, but children's stories, uh, that's the way they want to end is, and they lived happily ever after. And the reality isn't that. It's that yes. they lived uh, happily and frustratedly and all of those <laughs> things that are part of this life. And, yes. uh, you know, and, 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 and you know, and that's, that's just part of what we're, what we're here to experience. One other thing yeah. I want to add, uh, you know, I could not agree more with you in reference to forgiveness, especially forgiving oneself. Oh, yes. But one of the things that I was challenged on not too long ago, um, someone said to me, uh, you know, in reference to, you know, all of the mistakes that you have made, Richard. And I actually turned around and said, what, what mistakes? What are you talking about? I haven't made any mistakes in my life. I have had learning experiences. And I realize that there will be those who will, uh, they will look at that and go, you mean to tell me that you've never made a mistake? That's not the point. The point of this life, as you have said, Don, is that we're here to learn. We're here to grow. It's just what you said about the, the, the analogy of the plant in the pot and watering. <clears throat> and uh, there are things that have happened in my life that maybe at some point along the way I might have said, I wish I hadn't done that. Mm. But then when I look at it from the big picture, I'm going, I'm glad I learned what I learned from that experience. I don't regret that experience because if it weren't for that experience, I would not be where I am right now talking with you about your book, un your book Unveiled. Yeah. I like what I love what you just said about mistakes versus learning opportunities. Um, one of the authors uh, that really touched me was Gary Zukov when he wrote a book called The Seed of the Soul. And he talks about authentic power in that first chapter of that book. And one of his definitions is when you understand that we are here, this is, this is a huge playground for us. When you understand that we are here to learn and grow, he says, Approach each day with the maximal opportunity to learn and grow. I'm paraphrasing. Mm -hmm. He says, approach each day from that place that this is an opportunity to learn and grow and make sure your choices are conscious choices because in consciously choosing how you participate in this playground, that is how you develop authentic power. Mm. It's all about making a conscious choice. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And this is why I said, be still and know is not just about being quiet. It's about observing, reflecting, discerning before you respond. 
Because when you start getting into that place, and I always say, if, if my heart doesn't feel good about it, I'm not doing it. <laughs> so you have to observe, reflect, discern, and weigh the pros and cons. When you get to that space, then it's so much easier to navigate and make conscious choices. So yeah, yeah I, I can understand. And I do, I honestly believe, I don't, I cannot say there are any mistakes in life. I also come from that place of, and I always say, hey, we're going to have a learning opportunity. Even when I was managing people in corporate mm -hmm. and, you know, let's say an employee keeps making the same mistake over and over again, or they're not doing something properly. We're going to do some training. This is a learning opportunity, right? So that's kind of how you have to look at life. Mm -hmm. If yeah. you picked up a pencil and you're trying to draw the letter R, you're trying to spell your name. And if you couldn't get that R to look like an R and you just, oh, forget it, you gave up. If you never picked up a pencil again, guess what? <laughs> right? You mm -hmm. wouldn't be writing today. You wouldn't be doing anything. Mm -hmm. You have to be able to push ahead. It's We learn from making, quote, mistakes. Mm -hmm. That's why the fundamentals of school back in the day was repeat, repeat, repeat. It was all rote learning, mm -hmm. right? You're, you're creating new tracks in your brain to remember these things like multiplication and division and the vowels. So there's something to be said from that space, but no one is born knowing how to run and jog and eat with a spoon. And you have to have a couple of lumps and bumps to get there. Um, but this is how we grow. This yeah. is how we grow. Um, so, yeah. And, you know, the analogy I shared in my book, I said, I think the most fascinating time in our lives is from birth to 18 months. Look at how much you learn in the first 18 months of life. And guess what, Richard? You never even entered a school. You learn a language. You have to learn to crawl, to walk, to sit, to stand, to use the bathroom, <laughs> use utensils, yeah. language, all of it. Uh, questions versus answers, all of it, colors, shapes. We learn so much before we even enter school. And that's to tell you how innately intelligent we are. Yeah. So I say, you know, come to it from that space of, yes, forgive yourself for believing you've made mistakes and embrace the fact that you are on a learning journey you have many opportunities. Some of us need repeat lessons. <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Some of us don't. I think Elizabeth Taylor was married seven times. Yeah. She needed some repeat lessons. Uh, <laughs> I certainly didn't need that lesson repeated in my life. But the point is, some of us need repeat lessons, yeah. whether it's work, partners, whatever. But the key is, can you, can you be still and take into account what has transpired? What have I learned? How have I changed? What have I received? What have I gained from this experience? Right? If we don't ask these questions, it's like you're ignoring the universe. The universe wants you to say, hey, yeah, I got it. Thank you for the memo. Let's move on now. Please don't send me that one again. <laughs> <laughs> We're talking with Don James, and her book is Unveiled, an autobiography of an awakened one. I'm Richard Dugan. This is Tell Me Your Story. 
We are bringing you new paradigms for a new world here on Tell Me Your Story, giving you choices and knowledge of those choices to help make your dreams come true. And we are here Sundays at 7 a.m. and 7 p.m., Monday mornings at 1 a.m., and our special edition of Tell Me Your Story is at 9 a.m. on Wednesday mornings. We hope that you will listen to those programs live at richarddugan.com. We have a link where you can listen live at those times to the stream. But we also podcast these programs on SoundCloud, iTunes, TuneIn Radio, Spotify, Stitcher, Player FM, Blueberry, and many other locations, iHeartRadio and Amazon Music. So I hope that you will uh, take a listen and subscribe. But we're also on YouTube where you can watch these interviews. I hope you will subscribe. YouTube channel is Tell Me Your Story, Richard Dugan. Just look for the guy with the hat. And we also hope that uh, you will participate in the year, the decade of a perfect vision, the 2020s, so that uh, spend that time. Even one of my uh, guests said 60 seconds. Just start with one minute. Just one minute, okay? And then try to add to it maybe 30 seconds, maybe another minute and so forth. And just start building slowly, okay, so that you can build your confidence. Hope that you will do just that. And if this program resonates with you, we hope that you will support it financially by going to PayPal. Insert my name when you're going to send Richard at RichardDugan.com. My email address, Richard at RichardDugan.com. Don, you had something that you wanted to add to that as far as 2020, the decade of perfect vision. Yes, 2020 is the decade to strengthen your inner world. It is the decade to get clarity on how you want to be in this world. It's listening to your higher self, getting in alignment with your calling. Many of us are not on the path we need to be. And the reason and the, the way you know you're not on that path is when you feel dissatisfied, disillusioned, or disconnected, that stirring in your soul is trying to get you to pay attention. There's something else. I have two really beautiful gifts I want to share, if I may. Please. I have two gifts to share. Anyone listening or watching today, if you are looking to strengthen that inner world and get in touch with all your gifts and abilities, start living in alignment I have a free introductory journaling program to connect to your spiritual self. And that's journalwithdawn.com. If you are ready to express your truth and claim your story, stand up on your story and really begin to heal from that place of understanding that you are divinely guided, even with the bumps in the road, um, I have a free webinar called Write Your Story, and you just go to writeyourstory.ca. It's a free one-hour webinar. Um, we teach you different approaches of writing your story, uh, different techniques. You'll be doing some writing prompts with us. Uh, it's on demand, so you can watch it anytime. But what I'm finding since last year, a lot of people are now taking the time to journal and write and really think about who they are. They're redefining themselves. People want to rewrite their life script. And I think it's a beautiful time. And it's time for us to go back into that creativeness that we are all born with. You know, we spend so many decades up here, Richard. And if you think about here, it's a long journey from here to here. <laughs> 
The creativity comes from passion. Passion comes from the heart. So I'm inviting you, whether you want to journal with me, go to journalwithdawn.com. If you want to write your story, we're here to help you get that out of your soul at writeyourstory.ca. I think this is really a time for us to get creative. We've been invited. The planet has slowed us down. (laughs) It's time for us to remember we are creative, intelligent, divine beings, not just a brain. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Don James uh, and donjames.ca is the uh, website. We hope that you will go there. We will be linked to her website as well as we continue here on Tell Me Your Story. I'm your host, Richard Dugan, and I thank you so much for being with us. Uh, Don James, my guest, donjames.ca is the website, Unveiled. Uh, an autobiography of an awakened one. We thank you so much for giving us so much time once again here on the program and uh, sharing your story. We encourage people to get a copy of your book. Amazon, of course, is one of the many outlets that they can go to, and uh, they can go through your website, donjames.ca, to do just that. And uh, again, I I can't thank you enough for the conversation we've had today and look forward to having you back again here on the program. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Richard. Always a pleasure. I look forward to our conversations. Thank you. Have a great one. We also have three final questions that I did ask you in the first program, but uh, hey, sometimes the answers change. And um, so uh, before I ask you those questions, I'm going to uh, basically uh, uh, mention to our listeners about our broadcast times, podcast times, and uh, video casts. That's right. We have three different versions, if you will. The radio broadcasts are Sundays, 7 a.m. and 7 p.m., Monday mornings at 1 a.m., Wednesday mornings at 9 a.m. That's our special edition of Tell Me Your Story. And then uh, the podcasts are on SoundCloud, iTunes, TuneIn Radio, Spotify, Stitcher, Player FM, Blueberry, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, and many other locations. And uh, all of that also can be reached at richarddugan.com, along with a link to listen to the broadcasts, as well as the podcasts. The video casts on YouTube. YouTube channel, Tell Me Your Story, Richard Dugan. Look for the guy with the hat. Subscribe to any or all of the podcasts so that you can be notified every time there is a new uh, a new interview, including this one with Don James. And so we hope you will do that. And also participate in the Decade of Perfect Vision, the 2020s, as Don has alluded to. Uh, we certainly encourage you to do that. Uh, you know, we need to take a look at who we are on the inside, both the light and the shadow. It's all important. It's all what makes us who we are right now. And if you don't like the person you are now, you guess what? We've already talked about this too. You can change. You have a choice. You have multiple multiple choices. So we certainly hope that you will uh, avail yourselves of the opportunity to get to know self. And also participate in supporting this program, if you can, uh, with a contribution through PayPal, which is for your security as well as ours. Uh, just uh, when you go to send, just put in my email address, richard at richarddugan.com. That's usually what they ask for, and it'll come straight to me, and it'll be used for keeping this program moving forward. And we thank those who have helped and those who will help. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And to our final uh, three questions of the program, the first, of course, uh, who is Don James? Oh, you're starting with the easy one. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that answer has not changed since I saw you last. 
What spirit has shown me in my journey is I am a spiritual being currently on vacation as Don James. I'm on vacation. (laughs) What is it that you hope to or want to achieve through the work that you are doing now? I think the... I think the primary mission I had coming back here is to teach people how to elevate their consciousness and start living in alignment with their heart, their soul, and their spirit. Don't forget those aspects of you. We are multifaceted and we are more than this. So teaching is what I hope to do. Elevate our consciousness and start aligning the upper half. <laughs> and finally, what is your life's purpose? I remember this question. Oh my. <laughs> my life's purpose, that has not changed. It is to live in my heart and allow my heart to guide me in how I navigate this world. I'm living in my heart and, uh, It took me almost 40 years to get there, and the last 18 years has been quite amazing living in that space. So that is what I learned. The biggest lesson is to live in my heart. Again, Don, thank you again for joining us here on the program. And we thank thank you. you for listening to and watching. Tell me your story, New Paradigms for a New World, as we give you choices and knowledge of those choices to help make your dreams come true. And until our next broadcast, podcast, videocast, love to love.